Today on Get Vertical Gal Police, we listen to a sermon from the tradition series called Finding Transformation, Not Tradition. Are we being transformed and renewed by God's word, or are we simply stuck in religious patterns just checking off the boxes of our traditions? Pastor John challenges us to see what Jesus is trying to teach the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. All right, let's join in now. Point number two that we see in the notes is only by the pressing of the heart do we see the condition of the heart. See, worship demonstrates, but it doesn't make you holy. Look at verse 12 here uh, in the scripture. Uh, Verse 12 says, uh, Then the disciples came and said, Do you not know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? So God presses your heart to see what the condition of your heart is. Worship demonstrates your heart, but it doesn't transform your heart, although it does help. Look at uh, Isaiah 29, 13. Jesus was quoting in verse 8 and 9 here. He says, they honor me with their lips, but their heart, are, uh, their heart is far from me. He uh, was putting them in Israel in a form of uh, punishment and discipline in order to show their relationship with the Lord wasn't what their tradition said it was. So the question is, when you get shaken, what you spill will demonstrate what was the very thing that filled you with. So up here I have Play-Doh. And uh, anyone in here like Play-Doh? Anyone eat Play-Doh as a kid? Yeah, we, we know. So Play-Doh is an interesting thing. Wow, I didn't see that collar coming out. Play-Doh is an interesting thing. When you squeeze Play-Doh, when pressure hits Play-Doh, the thing that comes out is what? The thing that was in your hand. You see, God so often squeezes us in order to see exactly what is in us. But see, God already knows the condition of our heart. Suffering and trials and sickness and, and being offended and offense isn't for God. It's actually for who? It's actually for you. It's actually the barometer that God wants to give you in order for you to understand where you are in your spiritual walk, where you are if you're being transformed, where you are in regards to your sanctification. Where are you at when you're being squeezed? The Pharisees are being offended, and what you see is what you get. They're offended at what? They're offended that... They're offended that they don't look as good as they should by Jesus. And that's what they're, no, no, we came down here to question you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, squeeze. And what you see, the testing of their faith, what Jesus is doing is just squeezing. Let's see the condition of your heart. That's why you go through trials. And the person that continually goes through trials is the person that God's trying to continually to show you the condition of your heart. It's the very kindest thing. Sometimes the harshest thing is the kindest thing. Remember when Ava was really young and she's our oldest child. She's almost 13 now, be 13 this year. And, you know, she was my baby girl and still is daddy's girl. And, um, you know, it used to be that I would kill anyone for her. And now she will kill anyone for dad. 
And I like that relationship because I'm just like sick him and she's at it, right? And um, it's pretty fun, actually. And so the interesting thing about Ava is I remember when Ava was, was just wee little and, and she was uh, in her chair, a high-top chair, and uh, she would just stand up all the time. And, and I remember looking at her and, and saying, Ava, you can't stand, honey. Now, the reason why she can't stand isn't because I'm a dictator and I'm wanting her just to sit because Dad says sit. No, it's for her good that she doesn't fall out and crack open her head and kill and die. So after several times of telling her, stop, stop, sit down, honey, and then I understood that her rebellious heart needed Dad's pressure. See, the harshest thing is sometimes the kindest because sometimes the harshest thing is the very thing that saves our life. Sometimes when you get squeezed, when pressure comes to you, it's very kind. Well, God presses, presses our hearts to test our condition. This is Deuteronomy 8.2. Uh, I'd write this down. This is phenomenal scripture. It says, you shall remember all the way which the Lord, and the Lord there is Jesus. It's uh, Redeemer in the Hebrew. And anywhere you see Yahweh, or Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that is actually Jesus in the text. You shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness. Notice there that God is the one who led him in the wilderness. God is sovereign. He is not surprised in the trial that you find yourself in. He's not surprised he's trying to move you right now. He's not surprised because he has a destination in mind where he's trying to take you to. And you're fighting him and your lack of understanding just because you hear him doesn't mean you're transforming. Remember that you're fighting God along the way to the promised land will keep you in the desert longer. And they led him in the wilderness for 40 years. My heart's just wanting to ask you the question, how long have you been in the desert? How many years is it going to take for you to get a clue? That he might humble you. Forty years that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Forty years. God's pressing, 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 going into battle, suffering in the desert, not in the land of milk and honey, not in the promised land, but in some barren wasteland of the Negev. We find ourselves there so often too, don't we? God, why have you kept me in this job that I can't stand? Why have I suffered with this illness? Why, why have I found the person that I'm supposed to be with? And God's all the time like, I'm pressing you. I'm pressing you. Because what's in your heart is more important That's what's in your bank account. What's in your heart is what's more important than what's in your life. What's in your heart is more important than what's on you at church. And God's pressing your heart because he wants to reveal some things. So by exposing the heart, we can see our desperate need for the gospel of Jesus to impact our life. Check this out. I need saved. So by exposing my heart, I can see that today that I need to be saved from the thing in which 
is gripping me? What do you need to be saved from today? What is the very thing that you need to be, the Pharisees need to be saved from their tradition? The Pharisees need to be saved from their acts of righteousness. The Pharisees need to be saved from their mentality. The Pharisees need to be saved from their arrogance. Number two, I need God's grace. I, I need to be saved. I need God's grace. Grace is the kindness of God. Grace is God opening your hearts. Grace is the kindness of God given to you that you would obey. I think the grace is your small group. I think grace is wisdom of people surrounding you to pray with you. And uh, there's nothing more special to me than seeing people gather around a brother or sister in Christ and praying to God for them. And uh, I just love in my life um, when people do that for me. Got a text, text, several texts this week, people just saying, I'm praying for you this week. No reason really other than they care. And the third, first is I need saved. Second is I need God's grace. Third is I need God's presence. It's where it laid. Salvation of the trial, salvation of my sins leads to God's grace, which leads to God's presence. And that's how you get transformation. If you're suffering right now, God, I need to be transformed. I'm just going through the motions in my walk. I'm not really growing closer to you. Then just pray this. God, I need saved right now. I'm going to quit fighting. I'm going to trust you. I need your grace. I need you to lead me. I need you to open my eyes. I need you to open my ears. I don't want to be the person that honors me with their lips. But my heart is far from you, Jesus. I don't want to be that person. Point number three, which is verse 18. Let's just look at it. Point number three is transformation is the pouring of God's presence into our life and the outflowing of his nature. Verse 16, and he said, You are also still without understanding. Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes in the stomach and is expelled, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and defiles a person? So it's talking about your heart is wicked. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality. Maybe this is the litmus test that we need to do right now. How are you doing right now with your heart condition? Do you have evil thoughts towards people? Do you want to do evil things? Do you have anger issues? Do you look at men or another woman other than your spouse in a sexual manner? That is also adultery. To look at someone that is not your spouse with lustful intent is adultery in the Bible, in the New Testament. Why? Because Jesus isn't going just for action, but he's going for the condition of our heart. What about sexual immorality? Are you doing things outside the wedding bed? Looking at things? Enjoying things that's not of God? See, that's tradition. I go to church, I'm okay. Nope, nope, God's after your heart. He judges your heart. He judges intentions and attitudes. What about theft? I really want that. I, I, I need what that person has. Oh, I got to have that new vehicle. I got to have that new iPhone watch. Whatever the thing is. What about false witness? I'm a liar. I'll lie. What about slander? I'll break down others. These are what defile a person. You know, you can live righteously. You can be righteous this morning. Confess your sins. God, I need a Savior. God, I need your grace. I can't, I can't be righteous without you. 
If you have one of those that you've sinned, you can call on God to forgive you of your sin, your defilement, and he'll come to you. He'll rush his grace. He'll lavish his grace upon the person that's humble. The problem is we typically don't like to humble ourselves. we like, no, I want to look the part. hearts are far from him so what makes us spiritual at the core of who you are it is not how you look it's not how you look on Sundays it's not the songs you know it's the condition of your heart God is concerned with how you work not how you look how you work what's motivating you what's driving you why you work he's concerned with and then He's concerned with what is your work. See, God is concerned with how you work, why you work, and then what is your work. I want us to turn our Bibles to Ephesians 2, which we covered last year in the sermon series in Ephesians. In closing, I want to detail... This is verse, let me just read a couple verses. I want you to listen to these words by Paul through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Dead. You were dead towards God. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now working the sons of disobedience. A disobedient person is one who doesn't listen to God's word. Among them, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. Wrath is the destination of defilement. Like the rest of mankind. Verse 4. I want you to really pay close attention here. But God. That's what you need to hear this morning. In your sexual immorality... In your anger, but God. In your sin, but God. That's what transformation is. I'm trying to do it, but God. But God being rich in mercy. Mercy is Him withholding what I fully deserve. Because of the great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. God made me alive. Not my tradition. Not my works. It's the work of Jesus Christ that transforms us. It's the work of Jesus Christ that saves us, church. You can do nothing except come under the weight of His grace and His glory and His mercy and submit to Him. It is but God that saves us. He made you alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with Him, seated seated us with Him in heavenly places Christ Jesus. So we are transformed, loved ones, by this. Number one, God's love for you. Not your actions, but His love for you is what transforms. Do you understand that Jesus Christ loves you this morning? That before the foundations of the world, before He ever said light, before He ever spoke the world into existence, He looked down through time and He said, I love you. I loved you. You, in all your sin, in all your wicked thoughts, 
the sin that drove him to the cross, he still loved you. We are transformed by God's love. We are transformed by God's mercy for us, not our goodness. You're transformed by God's mercy for you. We are transformed by being with Christ, not our rituals. Being with, that we will be with him in heavenly places for eternity. With. Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishermen. And he chose 12 disciples to be with him. And you'll be with him for eternity. He opened the scroll because he's the only one worthy. And he read aloud the names that will be with him for eternity. Jesus transforms us when we are with him. He transformed me, John Mullahan, because he loved me. Don't know why. Don't, don't. My sin nailed him to the cross. He still loved me. He transformed me for his glory because he decided to have mercy for me. He transformed me so that I could be with Christ. And lastly, he transforms us and me by the engagement of God's love interacting in my life. In the spite of my lostness, not my interaction with dis disciplines, not my interaction with church service, but he changes my heart as he, his spirit interacts with my actions. So what is your life communicating this morning? Would you take a moment or two and pray? Would you take a moment or two and evaluate and ask the Holy Spirit to start revealing things to you? To ask God to reveal the condition of your heart? Was there a sin, as I read earlier in Matthew 15, that stood out to you? Are you being a fool and looking for salvation in something other than Jesus Christ? Add something. Maybe it's, I find pleasure in food more than I do in prayer. Maybe I find pleasure in gossiping than I do in praying for. God help us. Just take a couple moments, church. We're not going to sing a song. We're going to allow you Call on God to evaluate. Just take a couple moments and be quiet. Thanks for listening to Get Vertical Gal Police. Now we want you to join the conversation. Is God transforming your life through his word? We would love to hear about it. Message us at info at verticalgalpolice.org and find us on social media by searching Vertical Church Gal Police. Join the conversation. You are loved.